everyone. Uh, welcome to the podcast. I'm here again with Inez. Inez, how are you doing today? I'm, I'm pretty good. Uh, we're once again have bad air quality from Canada, but it seems to be moving on. How about you? Uh, I'm okay. Air quality here in California is good. It's hot. Uh, but yeah, otherwise, otherwise life's working. Uh, so the big news we should probably start with is um, uh, this Kevin McCarthy was just removed to speaker. He's the shortest speaker of the house in 140 years. Uh, he didn't even last a year. Uh, you told me you don't care about this, um, and I'm sort of interested into uh, as to why. So go ahead, Rudez. Tell us why this doesn't matter. Yeah, I was going to say I'm not sure I, I would even have led with it. Um, well, in part because Congress is so sclerotic. Um, it hasn't really flexed legislative muscle in a very long time. Um, so this air of panic that there is a little bit of chaos in the House uh, – strikes me as very disconnected from what is actually confronting anyone in their lives. I mean, it's not to say that there's nothing that can be drawn from this incident. And I think there's some things to be said about the Republican party, but I, I, I just like with the shutdowns, I think that, that it's a very, uh, very select group of people who are following this um, right. and that it actually will end up in a month. This will have very little impact on our politics Unless, unless the Republican Party really can get a speaker that will be serious about conservative priorities and fight for them, but that hasn't happened, and I'm not sure that I believe that any of the alternatives are really going to be that much of a massive change, maybe a slight one. Yeah. Um, so that's why at the end of the day, I kind of look at this as, all right, well, I'll believe it when I see it. I'll believe it when I see it that the, the priorities of the Republican Party have really changed. Yeah. What exactly do you want uh, them to do with one House of Congress and a, a slim majority? Um, well, for starters, I mean, it's just about hard negotiation, right? And actually, McCarthy, it's funny that McCarthy got booted because, I, I mean, I can think of a lot more things that on the Senate side that McConnell has thwarted from his right flank than McCarthy has. McCarthy has sometimes listened to the Freedom Caucus, um, sometimes listened to people to his right. You know, obviously he's balancing a coalition. Um, that's kind of what bothers me about this. I have no particular love for McCarthy. He's obviously not an ideological person at all. Um, maybe that's an advantage in the speaker role. We've had some some good, less ideological speakers in the past. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, th- I think it is about the perception that, uh, that, that the Republican Party finds its own conservative members to be uh, – a problem, a thorn in their side, and they would rather work with moderate Democrats um, on on many of these priorities. A lot of these things get very granular, right? Like there are people in the right flank who voted uh, to remove McCarthy who feel that on particular um, parts of this these negotiations that that McCarthy has stabbed them in the back on, right? Um, and so that's that's why they they've chosen to go along with this. Now, there's obviously like a, a grandstanding element to this as well. Um, I don't know. On all these battles, I tend to I tend to just like literally give my proxy to to Congressman Chip Roy. Uh, he always seems to to nail it exactly the way that I would in terms of of balancing a, a kind of pragmatism um, with, as you mm. say, the, the slim majority of the House and the necessity of, of compromising on some things. Um, but well, Chip also, Roy voted to keep McCarthy, right? Yeah, Chip he Roy did in this in this vote. He in, he was part of the rebellion against McCarthy last time, right? So, yeah. because, but, but the thing that, that, um, 
the thing that endears his positions to me is that he always seems to bring it back to the issues. Like he, if, if he gets some substantive W's and moves forward on, on spending, for example, that's obviously what he's after. And so he's willing to work with the establishment and with McCarthy when they're willing to give him a little bit of what his, he says he's representing his constituents, right? Like a little bit of what he actually wants on the substance. Whereas just from the outside, it seems like Matt Gates is very, uh, there's a lot of personal stuff going on here. And some of it, I think uh, I might be mad too about the personal stuff. I think Matt Gates is still very pissed off that the um, the speaker didn't uh, back him in some of these investigations from the Department of Justice over things that are now pretty clearly false, like accusing him of, of child sex trafficking, right? Um, so I, I think there's something personal there between them, but that's still, that's like, you know, Maybe maybe it's too much to expect now uh, that people will will be serious about the priorities of the country and legislating. I think it is too much to expect now, which is why I guess I look back into I don't really care. <laughs> yeah, I you know I think yeah the I mean there you know the the spending thing is I mean the spending thing is they used to talk about entitlements and they've stopped talking about entitlements. Although that is sort of where the spending is. I don't see the political advantage in talking about entitlements because they're not going to do anything, uh, especially with one house of Congress. Um, and so, yeah, this doesn't, you know, I, I no, but there's still would, an entire discretionary budget and there's still like, yeah. for example, they could start to seriously circumscribe the funding of the DOJ. That would be, and I believe that is part of the, the um, part of the freedom caucus's priorities. They want to see, appropriations actually used to surveil or, or control uh, the bureaucracy. And that is very, very much within what Congress is supposed to do. Um, they have that power, the purse for a reason, and it's not to jam through a continuing resolution every three months where, um, yeah. you know, but the dis- you know, the discretion, you know, the discretionary spending is not, driving the debt you know the discretionary no but i care i care a lot more about what gets funded and what doesn't than i care about the top line debt number i agree with you we're not going to touch entitlements until they explode right it's just there is no political will to do it um until the checks stop going out there's just no we're gonna gonna be yeah i'm worried we're gonna go just raise taxes at that point yeah i I, well there'll probably be some combination but but i mean those those numbers, the balance, for example, of Social Security simply doesn't make sense anymore um, if you have people living, you know, well into their 80s as opposed to in their early 70s. Um, and you add the fact that people aren't having kids. Like the the Social Security balance was written when people were dying much younger and having many yeah. more children. And but it just Paul, doesn't, I mean, the, the pyramid Ryan scheme doesn't work. To, yeah. But, I mean, Paul Ryan tried to show leadership on this. They were at least trying for a very long time. Who cares um, though? Okay, just- so this is this is always the objection from sort of the old right, like oh, they're fi- look at the actual budgets that were passed all the way through starting. I mean, starting in the eighties. So it's not like there's been some great libertarian fiscal success when the Republican Party was completely blowing off no, there, all of there, their there, cultural there priorities. They there they lost on that too. So. No, there was an attempt during the Trump administration, during the Obamacare repeal that came pretty close and McCain killed it and it didn't end up. But there was a real attempt to um, really cut, uh, really cut Medicare. I mean, that, that was, that came very close to happening. Um, and so, yeah, you're right. I mean, there is not a, uh, 
uh, you know, there hasn't been a lot of great accomplishments in this area, but it's a serious the last issue. Time there was any, like, the last time there was any, and this is, it was not an overall cut, as people on the left love to point out. We actually spent more under Reagan, right, than in previous administration under Carter. Uh, but the only substantial cuts to, to the domestic budget okay. were under Reagan when he did that across the board 10% reduction in funds. Right. Basically, nothing has happened since then. So I'm much... Except it getting worse, obviously, in every so your view is it's yeah, impossible yeah. to cut government, so nobody should nobody should no, try. No, I'm, I'm saying that doing the same thing over and over again for 40 years is the definition of insanity. Um, and yeah, actually, yeah. I'm much more concerned about specific cuts. So I and now I'm, l- I'm less concerned about the total budget number than I am. Okay, who is who in these agencies is uh, getting this money to make what decisions? That's something that would actually bring Congress back into. Uh, play as a serious branch and not just somebody um, who, who like, I mean, the, the, the quote unquote oversight exercised over the administrative state, even by the executive branch head, which is the president is laughable. The oversight exercised by Congress is even more laughable. You know, I would like to see them actually target specific agencies, programs, some of these, these out of control uh, weaponized agencies and, Actually, oh, like that's the kind of, but those are also those kind of cuts that, yeah, that's your No, but you could imagine yeah. anything else, right? You could imagine cutting mm-hmm. it to finding some specific program. Let's put it in your wheelhouse, right? Why don't we cut the budget of the EEOC? Yeah, that would be great. I mean, that would be great. I want to do that. I want to be great. I want okay, to. Okay, so do those that. are the I kind of cuts that, that I think are are actually important. And those kinds of things usually can only happen if there was actually a serious appropriations process, yeah. and not no, that's a, a continuing wants. resolution. Right. Yeah. So, I, I anyway, I I just it seems like the regular order of, is chaos and mess, and so when that springs into full being in these fights, I just like I, I'm not going to clutch my pearls about yeah. it, and probably we will not why? be talking so about Gates, it in two weeks. So I saw Gates saying that he wants twelve appropriations bills instead of the omnibus. And do you know why? What is the argument that why they don't do this? It's just too much work. Yeah. Well. That's in part the problem of having government, a government that does so many things. Um, no, it's it's the real power in Washington is in the hands of people who do not have to run for election every two to four years and raise money to do that. The real mm-hmm. power is in the hands of people who stay a permanent bureaucratic class, stay whether you know the, the incoming president is Republican or Democrat whether Congress is held by Republicans or Democrats. You have reached the end of the free recording for this episode of Clown Car. To listen to the rest of the episode, please consider becoming a paid subscriber.